Well, it's uh, Tuesday, and we always have a little bit of ear candy in the show on uh, on Tuesday. And because uh, George Tirebiter is coming um, this weekend to stay at my house, pretty exciting. Why? Well, um, I wanted to play a very short piece today, which is his last pilot for a radio mystery series. I oh, mean, really? the guy just kept going on and on and Non-stop. on. Nonstop. And uh, sent this script into the Firesign Theater so that uh, we could do it on our uh, on our uh, uh, XM show. Uh, it's it's kind of surreal, as you might expect. It's, there's a lot of Dolly and a little bit of Duchamp in this, and uh, it's called Kiki and the Madman. I had managed to find it, to find it and get myself there in spite of everything. The artist's dusty boudoir. And there they were, buck naked as skin flick, the bride stripped bare, the whole dada enchilada, red-headed artist model lost between the ripe lips of the guy in goggles and a brown derby with his fat theremin in his fist. Kiki and the Beast. And there was only one door, the door which is never opened or closed. It was my only way out. I had the proof now. I opened the door. Desire in furs. You'll trap your prey like a Mars fly in a Klein bottle and finish her off like an hourglass melting on the bedside cocktail table. And now that it's summer, desire, life or death in a faux platinum flask it traps you by the tail and never lets go. And now Desire Infers the Essence of Scent for Surrealists brings you the George Tirebiter Mystery and The Door Which Is Never Opened or Closed. Well, the first part was too easy. I knew the madman. He was a Hollywood pal where everybody's, well, a little bit mad. And the maddest the madman ever was in those days was to think I should run for president. It's either you or Ronnie. Make up your mind. Well, he said that more than he had to. And I knew he could fix it, mafia stuff. It was the early 50s, and the madman was still in the movie business when he wasn't in the World War Three business. On the lookout for properties, and I had two. One was a timely expose of rock and roll as a government plot to drown out youthful controversy. The other was the story of Kiki of Montparnasse, a figure model, an all-around lover in several artists' lives, more or less simultaneously. That was the one the madman went for. I hooked him with a few Man Ray 8x10s. Uh, she's nude in all of these, Tirebiner. He said, and I said, yeah, that's the idea, boss. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> how about to play Kiki we get... Deborah Pageant. Yeah. Oh, oh, Terry Moore. That muff shot of her at the airport got passed around every locker room in the country. Uh, <laughs> how about Lily St. Cyr? Oh, now that comes in a gusher, Tirebiter. Yeah. Lily St. Cyr as Kiki. Yeah. She came to sit, but she couldn't sit still. Oh, that's great. Ty Power as Picasso uh-huh. and... Spencer Tracy as Gertrude Stein. It's perfect. I'll write the script. Oh, no, uh, no. I'm passing it on to Perlmutter and the Corwin brothers. But, uh, First well, class. We can split the uh, based on an idea by credit, and you can co-produce. Well, uh, After all, George, you're blacklisted. And I says, anything else I can do for your boss? And the madman says... Yeah, Tyrebiter, uh, <clears throat> there's, uh, there's rumors of a weapon. 
Mm. Well, maybe it's just an invention right now, and we'll have a chance to weaponize it later, that creates a kind of, uh, a, well, a door into an interdimensional reality. Sure, and pythons fly. A door, yeah. my man tells me, that is never opened or closed. Hmm. It's in Manhattan somewhere here. Now, find out about it for me on the QT, and I'll make this kiki thing. But strictly without any nudity of any kind. Uh, boss, no, I think you're missing the whole... Except in my bungalow, tire Viter. <laughs> <laughs> and he added... And if you were president, tire Viter, you could have Kiki up to your bungalow any time you wanted. Think it over. Well, I put up at the St. Moritz. Uh, Salvador Dali was sitting in a gold armchair in the lobby, so I knew I must be close. Compared to two-dimensional Los Angeles, New York was a 3D thriller. If I was going to open a door to some interdimensional reality, I'd find it here. Maybe right here at the White Horse Bar. Ah, uh, here's your black and tan, sir. Oh. Was you wanting anything else, then? Uh, what's the word around here about interdimensional reality? Interdimensional reality on uh, the Bowery, sir? Well, this is an artist's hangout, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed, it has that reputation, so it does, sir. Uh, listen, uh, did a Frenchman named Duchamp ever drink here? He might have played chess. Uh, now, uh, that'd be before my time, sir. Uh, That's more your abstract expressionist crowd here these days. Uh -huh. Now, I hear they go in for wife swapping, sir. Oh, really? Now, if you want to talk to a fellow about the Bohemian days, will you go see that gent down the bar? I, I can barely see that gent well, down the bar. he's been here all day, sir. He sort of fades in and out like. Uh -huh. Max, he's called. Max. He's writing a book about everything, he says. So, yeah. ask. Kim. Uh, oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Well, Max was a little guy nursing a nickel beer and holding on to a big cardboard folder. I nodded and said, he'd like another beer, and made my way down the bar to the empty seat right next to him. I hear you've been asking about uh, surrealists. Yes, indeed. Do you know any, Max? Why don't you sit down, partner? And spring me some uh, steamers, huh? <laughs> I got surrealist stories that'll make you think you were in the old interdimensional days. Well, maybe I will be here then, huh? <laughs> My Cocktail with Max. Next time on the George Tirebiter Mystery. Presented by Desire and Furs, the essence of scent for surrealists. And by Oppression for Men, in the box with the broken mirrors. Desire and oppression, everywhere you go. Stuff from the Huff. After a bill to reauthorize unemployment benefits for the long-term jobless failed uh, by just one vote, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said all would be well as soon as the late Senator Robert Byrd could be replaced. Remember, they, they left for the 4th of July weekend, right? Wow, leaving the unemployed abandoned. Said Bird, we will vote on this measure again once there is a replacement, okay? Well, when will the replacement happen? 
Every week that passes, several hundred thousand people who've been out of work for longer than six months miss checks they expected to receive when they began drawing benefits. When the Senate returned after the 4th of July holiday, a holiday for them, perhaps not for the 2.1 million unemployed they abandoned, a week later, of course, it was 2.5 million people and... It's still climbing. Well, what are we going to do? West Virginia Governor Joe Manchin said he needs guidance from the state legislature about when to make an appointment to bird seat and when to hold a special election. He says it's possible by next week or the week after that that we can have a direction that the legislature is clarified and then I'll make an appointment. So, thanks to Manchin's self-serving temporizing, you see, he's the favorite to grab the seat in a special election and is searching diligently for a stooge he could appoint temporarily who wouldn't think of running against him. I suggest he nominate his dog, the way a Roman senator once nominated his horse. Anyway, when the U.S. Senate did convene after the 4th, right, there was only one senator from West Virginia, and everybody else remains in limbo. Yeah, well, when he does name his appointee, it's possible the Senate could approve the House-passed unemployment reauthorization and send it to the president within a week. And when the bill becomes law, people who miss checks will be paid retroactively. Unfortunately, 99ers, people who have exhausted all 99 weeks of checks available before the lapse, will continue to receive nothing. Waiting for Bird's replacement or something like it, apparently, is an easier path forward than attempting to persuade Nebraska Blue Dog Democrat Ben Nelson to join his party and support the bill. I suspect that Ben Nelson is a crypto-Calvinist and believes in his teeny-weeny heart that the unemployed are lazy or have sinned in some way and God has turned his face from them. It would be only fitting if the voters of Nebraska turned their face from Blue Dog Ben and mooned the SOB out of office. I love it. Show them how you feel. Show them both cheeks. Um, yeah. I have... A muffin. Sometimes I think that this uh, political season, I guess it's always political season in in America, but now it's political open season because elections are looming. Uh, You know, it brings out, sometimes it brings out the best and sometimes it really brings out the worst. I mean, you really, you really can, people pop up and start telling it like it is. And one of them is Ayn Rand's love child. Rand Paul. Ah, yes. Because you know, he's, cause he's, yeah. he's, got some, he's got some soothing words for the people who are, uh, you know, really, really suffering, okay? People, he says, don't fret American people. This is a, a talking point memo, talking about him talking. Mm-hmm. Turns out you're living better than the rest of the world, according to Rand Paul, okay? Responding to an attack from Democratic nominee Jack Conway, the guy that's running against him, right? Paul tried to defend his past statement that the president criticizing BP is un-American, and then Paul launched into a spirit defense of the engine of capitalism and all of that. You know, the, he goes, he just starts hanging himself. The engine of capitalism? Yes, that's right. what's burning up all that oil. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Wow. Without, without that oil, we can't run. We can't run. Maybe we can run the engine of capitalism either on gasohol or on a well diatom, you know, gasoline milk or whatever that stuff is. What do they call it? They call it algae oil. Algae oil. Uh, uh, algae oil, yeah. Uh, so 23rd then, president of the United States. Go ahead. Oh, algae oil. Right? Algae oil. Yeah. No, but then he says, then he gets, all of a sudden he says, uh, he turns around and he says, 
Sure, there are problems uh, with the way that America deals with the poor. But when you think about it, mm-hmm. poor folks should thank goodness they're not stuck in one of those other horrible countries. The poor in our country are enormously better off than the rest of the world, Paul said. Doesn't mean we can't do better, but we have to acknowledge and be proud of our system of capitalism. Be proud of our American way, hey. quotes you poor people. Yeah, well, I'm certainly glad that there are how, how many people are currently living on the streets in Calcutta, maybe two million. And dying, I mean, maybe, yeah, you know, yeah, but dying every in, night. In New York, maybe only two or 3,000. Uh, That's right. So know. they should be darn lucky. The statistics are in their favor. Absolutely. Dave. Absolutely. This is one of the safest countries to be homeless in in the entire world, I think. With these long summer days, you know, it feels like the day goes on and on and never stops, but uh, it's not so. Same with the show. It feels like it goes on and on and never stops, but here we are at the end, Dave, so let's cap it with some tangalition. Okay. A little tangalicious tofu. He's tofu, babe. Thinking of my brothers on a moonlit night. Garrison drums stop travel. Autumn on the frontier, sound of one wild goose nightfall. From now on, the dew will be white. This same moon shines where I grew up. My brothers are scattered, no way to know if they're alive. The letters we send each other never seem to arrive. And the war goes on and on. Oh, yes, it does. On and on. And so does Radio Free Oz, uh, brought to you by Le Oz Team. Uh, let's go alphabetical the other way. Scott Wilde, he does our social media. Dave Osmond's our co-host. Bill McIntyre produces us all. Dave Maloney gives us that excellent mix. Chaz Glass makes the spreadsheet spread. Tom Gedwilla, we're on the web because of Phil Fountain. That's why it's so pretty. John Cummings, ones and zeros, lining up and I'm your co-host's host, Peter Bergman. Ooh, that got complicated. See you tomorrow.